Hey everyone and welcome to my A to Z of musicals and this week we are delving into all things beginning with the letter O and oh my goodness there's some great ones in here so let's get started with my first musical and it is the incredible Oliver and this opened in the West End on the 30th of June 1960. Uh, I, it had actually had a disastrous tryout in Wimbledon prior to this, so it was a bit of a surprise really when the show was a huge success. People love the songs and of course that magnificent classic story, the 1838 novel by Charles Dickens, all about the underworld of London and the organised juvenile crime. And uh, it's a dark and bleak story. And the wonderful Lionel Bart did a brilliant job. He wrote the book and the music and the lyrics. And you can hear more about Lionel Bart in episode B of my podcast when I talk specifically about him. But I do love the script and... Uh, this is a show that actually, as a teacher, I would produce with the children at the end of the school year several times. And I always absolutely love doing this show. And some of the lines, Fagin particularly, uh, when one of the boys would shout, these sausages are mouldy. And Fagin replied, shut up and drink your gin. Absolutely brilliant. Secretly, I think I always wanted to play the part of Fagin. It was such a great role. And of course, in that original 1960 production, it was played by the unforgettable Ron Moody. And he was joined by nightclub singer Georgia Brown as Nancy. And actually, during that original production, one of the Artful Dodgers was played by Phil Collins, of course, the famous singer, member of Genesis and composer of music for Disney's Tarzan animated classic. The show did so well. It ran for 2,618 performances in the West End. Uh, that's six years over six years and it was being performed at the new theatre it was called on St Martin's Lane and actually the producer of the show was Donald Albury and the new theatre ultimately became known as the Albury and since then has changed its name again it's now the Noel Coward Theatre on St Martin's Lane. The show apparently was inspired by a chocolate bar <laughs> or the wrapper of a chocolate bar. I believe so. I didn't know this, but there was a Terry's chocolate bar called an Oliver Twist. And apparently this is what inspired Lionel Bart to write the story in the musical. Wow. The show, um, when it opened, had a 20-minute standing ovation. Can you believe that? Well, I can, actually, because it's such a brilliant show. Um, the show went to Broadway in 1963. It opened on the 6th of January, but it did have a three-month pre-Broadway tour first, 
Uh, it was David Marrick, the producer, that took the show over to Broadway and he was a bit nervous about putting this show, this British show, on on Broadway. And so they had the tryout first and at the same time the songs from the cast recording were being played everywhere and by the time the show reached Broadway all the songs were so well known that actually again it was a huge success it won the 1963 tony award for best original score for lionel bart and best conductor for donald pippin and best scenic design for sean kenny and sean kenny's groundbreaking sets did receive massive acclaim the cast on broadway uh, Georgia Brown transferred as Nancy and so did actually Barry Humphreys who'd been in the West End production as The Undertaker, Mr Sowerbury. He transferred as well to Broadway and of course we know Barry Humphreys as the fabulous Dame Edna. And uh, Clive Revel actually played the part of Fagin on Broadway. Ron Moody had decided he didn't want to go to Broadway with the production and uh, Clive Revel had already been in a successful show, Irma La Douce, which I do talk about actually in my letter I podcast as well. The Broadway production ran for 774 performances and one of the artful dodgers in that production was David Jones. David Jones, who ultimately became a member of the singing group The Monkeys. And so, of course, in 1968, the stage show was made into the incredible film. And this film was directed by British director Carol Reed. And, oh, it's absolutely fantastic. It is one of my favourite movie musicals. It's so beautifully filmed and it's so colourful. The sound is amazing. The performers are fabulous. Uh, Sharni Wallace as Nancy in the film. She is my absolute favourite Nancy. And her As Long As He Needs Me performance is truly heartbreaking. And she's joined, of course, by Ron Moody again, giving a brilliant performance. Oliver Reed as Bill Sykes. And the really talented Jack Wilde as the Artful Dodger. The film won six Academy Awards, including, of course, Best Film. And that hasn't happened that many times over the years for a musical to win Best Film Academy Award. Um, one of the things that was very sad about uh, Lionel Bart and his association with the show was that he did end up selling the rights to this show because he fell on hard times, he got involved with alcohol and drugs and he lost a lot of his investments and money and he sold the rights to Oliver and so in 1994 when Cameron McIntosh decided to revive the show in the West End he actually brought Lionel Bart back in as a consultant and in return gave Lionel Bart a percentage of the show uh, income and, and that's what kind of helped Lionel Bart through his final years financially. The 1994 Cameron Mackintosh newly staged production had some additional material by Lionel Bart and Jonathan Price starred as Fagin, 
Sally Dexter as Nancy. And I just noticed in the cast was the wonderful James Villiers uh, as Mr. Brownlow. And uh, he stars in the film version of Half a Sixpence as Helen Walsingham's brother. And uh, my friend will be pleased that James Villiers gets a mention in this podcast. I did also notice, actually, in the CD notes for the 1994 uh, Oliver production, if you have a look inside, or the sleeve notes if you've got the vinyl, um, Lionel Bart has actually um, written a, a page of notes about his own experiences with the original production of Oliver, and it's really nice to see that. There was actually a Broadway revival in 1984, so before the Cameron Mackintosh production, uh, with Ron Moody, who decided at this point he would go to the United States. And his Nancy was Patti Lapone. And famously, this show only ran for about two weeks. It just didn't take off this time around. Unbelievable. Um, Whereas Cameron Mackintosh's 1994 ran for four years at the London Palladium. And then in 2009, Mackintosh relaunched it again, this time at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane, with the fantastic Rowan Atkinson as Fagin. And this was the time when Andrew Lloyd Webber searched for his new Nancy via the TV show I Do Anything. And it was Jodie Prenger who won The Search for Nancy and starred alongside Rowan Atkinson and Byrne Gorman in this fabulous production. As an aside, um, Alan Boublil, the famous lyricist for Les Miserables, he had the idea of mounting Les Mis as a production whilst he was watching a revival in the West End of Oliver because the show and particularly the Artful Dodger character reminded him of the character Gavroche from Les Miserables. And finally, in 1988, there was a Disney animated film adaptation of the Oliver Twist story called Oliver and Company. And whilst it, to me, isn't a great Disney film, it does have the fabulous Bette Midler as Georgette. So a huge hurrah for Oliver, one of my favourite musicals and certainly uh, worth a special mention in my A to Z. My next letter O musical I've seen on stage only once actually in April of 2015 and this show is On The Town. I saw this with my lovely friends Louise and Jane and Shawnee and we were on holiday in New York and of course I always like to see some shows on Broadway and at the time this show was at the Lyric Theatre on 42nd Street. On the Town has always been a favourite musical film of mine. I absolutely love the MGM 1949 classic Gene Kelly film and it starred Gene Kelly, Frank Sinatra and Jules Munchin as three sailors who are uh, on 24-hour shore leave and they're rushing around to cram a lifetime into a day 
and along the way they meet three women and they all happen to just fall in love so quickly how lovely and uh, the women are played by the wonderful Vera Ellen as Ivy Smith Miss Turnstiles Anne Miller who I talk about actually um, in detail in my letter M podcast and Betty Garrett and of course the six of them just create the most wonderful magic on screen and I've always loved this film and so to get a chance to see the original production or a new production um, on Broadway was very exciting for me. The show is set in New York City in 1944 and interestingly at this production the beginning before the show started we had the national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner, because apparently in at that time, the original production in 1944 would have begun with the national anthem and the director and producers decided they wanted to do that. So it's quite strange as a, um, an English tourist on Broadway to suddenly be surrounded by uh, people standing listening to the, to their national anthem. The show itself was a fabulous production with Tony Yazbek as the lead character of Gaby. And I'd already seen him on Broadway back in Gypsy with Patti Lapone, and he really is a star. Um, the show started out on Broadway back in 1944. It opened on the 28th of December 1944 and ran for 400 and 62 performances and this show was the debut really of four incredible creative talents the composer Leonard Bernstein the librettist and, and lyricist Betty Comden and Adolph Green and the choreographer Jerome Robbins and they all worked on this show and you can imagine um, they were all youngsters. Like, uh, Leonard Bernstein was only uh, around 25 years old at the time of writing the score for On the Town. And at the time, this was such a groundbreaking score. And for me, it still pops when I listen to it. It's absolutely incredible. There have been a number of other productions of On the Town, including the first West End production, in May 1963, starring Elliot Gould. And this only ran, though, for 63 performances. And other revivals haven't fared that well either. In 1971, the first Broadway revival, with 73 performances, which is amazing considering that Donna McKechnie and Bernadette Peters were in this revival, leading cast members. And in 1998, a second Broadway revival only ran for 69 performances. So, of course, when I saw the production in 2014, it ran, this one ran for 368 performances. It was a fabulous production and was nominated for four Tony Awards. And I have to just give a little nod to Jackie Hoffman, who was in this cast, for her absolutely hysterical performance as Madame Dilly. She was just hysterical and brilliant. And uh, so there you go, On the Town. 
New York, New York, it's a hell of a town. Musicals that have very long titles often aren't that successful, really. And one of them is On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. This was a musical created for the lead actress in the original Broadway production, Barbara Harris, with music by Burton Lane and book and lyrics by Alan J. Lerner. It wasn't well received, um, even though it did have three Tony nominations. The show opened on the 17th of October 1965 and ran for 280 performances. And it had a Broadway, uh, pre-Broadway tryout with Louis Jordan as the original lead. Um, but he was replaced when it went to Broadway by the wonderful John Cullen. Now, John Cullen has been in a number of really successful shows. He won Best Leading Actor in a Musical Tony Award for his performance in the 1978 on the 20th, 20th Century and in 1975 for his performance in Shenandoah. He was also nominated for Best Actor in a Musical in 2002 for his performance in Urintown, the musical. And I will talk about Urintown when we get to the letter U. John Cullum also actually um, received a Best Featured Actor in a Musical at Tony in 2007 for a show called 110 in the Shade. The uh, performance by Barbara Harris actually also led to her being nominated for a Tony Award, but neither of them won for On a Clear Day. The... 1970 film which starred the wonderful Barbara Streisand and Yves Montand and also Jack Nicholson was in this film uh, had very very mixed reviews and in fact quite a lot of the songs from the original Broadway production were cut. The show had its premiere in London not until 2000 at the Bridewell Theatre and there have been revivals on Broadway and in the UK, including a 2000 stage concert version with Christine Chenoweth starring as the lead character of Daisy Gamble and Melinda, and also at the Union Theatre in the Off West End in 2013. And just as an aside, Barbara Harris starred in one of my favourite children's Disney films, the 1976 film of Freaky Friday, and this was the first of four versions of Freaky Friday, all done by Disney, and the most recent one being a musical version, which is now available on Disney+. Plus. I loved discovering my next Letter O musical. This is the 1926 Broadway musical hit show, OK and Kay being the central character of this George and Ira Gershwin musical with book by Guy Bolton and P.G. Woodhouse. Uh, P.G. Woodhouse, of course, from the Jeeves and Wooster novels. And at the time, he was one of the most popular, ingenious and sought-after lyricists, both in Britain and America. And the show 
tells of the um, prohibition period. It was kind of almost a thumbing its nose at prohibition and the lawmakers. The show fills itself with bootleggers and crooks and was so well received, partly because of its fabulous score with songs such as Someone to Watch Over Me, which is still a classic now, and the songs Do 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 and Fidgety Feet. The show had an absolute star in Gertrude Lawrence. Now, Guy Bolton claimed that he'd seen Gertrude Lawrence on stage in a 1923 review called Rats. Well, Gertrude Lawrence was a, a most revered singer-actress of the time. She was born in London and she became the first Brit to perform on Broadway in OK. And she actually uh, received fantastic reviews. Up until that point in New York, she'd been seen in the André Charlot reviews of the day. Gertrude Lawrence became the toast of Broadway as a result of this show. And in fact, in 1968, Julie Andrews starred as Gertie in the biopic Star. And in fact, she sings a song from OK in this film, the song Dear Little Girl. Now, I discovered OK through a 1994 restored complete recording, which had actually been um, established thanks to the widow of Ira Gershwin, Leonora Gershwin. She established the Roxbury Recording Project. And because of this, they restored the work and replaced all the songs that had been cut because when the show was first presented in Philadelphia, prior to the Broadway production, it ran for over three hours and uh, lots of the material had to be cut. And of course, thanks to Tommy Krasker, who restored this wonderful production, we have now the complete recording. Now, Dawn Upshaw plays Kay in this recording, and I had discovered Dawn Upshaw through a friend of mine and a CD called I Wish It So, a collection of Dawn Upshaw songs. Dawn Upshaw is an American classical soprano singer, an opera singer, and uh, she's absolutely phenomenal. And she stars with Kurt Ullman, and Patrick Cassidy and Susan Lucci in this 1994 new recording. And it's absolutely fabulous to listen to. Um, in fact, the Gershwin um, biographer described this show as exceptional, even beyond the Gershwin standards. So, okay more than okay in my mind check it out it's absolutely gorgeous my first musical theater icon star and i believe a living legend is none other than the seven time tony nominated actress 
Kelly O'Hara. I think this woman is just outstanding. She has performed in some of the most amazing roles in recent times and uh, the recordings that are available of her singing are just so gorgeous to listen to. She started her professional career uh, as an understudy and a replacement in the 2000 production of Frank Wildhorn and Leslie Brickus's Jekyll and Hyde. And this was followed by a revival of Sondheim's Follies in 2001, where she played young Hattie and then young Phyllis. Uh, Kelly O'Hara's first major role was in a show called Sweet Smell of Success that opened in 2002. And she got high praise for this, but it was a short-lived show, unfortunately. Um, music by Marvin Hamlish, but it's a show where the libretto stands out more than the score. Uh, it has become a favourite of long-time theatre-goers, but was absolutely savaged by reviews at the time. Uh, then Kelly O'Hara starred in a show off-Broadway called My Life with Albertine in 2003. 2004, she was in the short-lived, ill-fated, really, Dracula the Musical, also music by Frank Wildhorn, and lyrics by Don Black and Christopher Hampton. Uh, it opened on Broadway, but ran for 154 performances. But then things started to change. In 2005, Kelly O'Hara was nominated for her first of seven Tony Awards. And uh, this was in The Light in the Piazza with score by Adam Gettle. Uh, incidentally, Adam Gettle was the son of composer Mary Rogers and grandson of Richard Rogers. And Adam Gettle brought us um, Floyd Collins in 1996 when he first gained recognition. The Light in the Piazza production of 2005 was actually filmed, the final uh, performance of this was filmed for PBS television. It was so well received that the show ran for 504 performances and Kelly O'Hara starred as Clara along with Victoria Clark and Matthew Morrison. Then uh, Kelly was in a revival, 2006 revival of The Pajama Game with singer Harry Connick Jr. And for this, she received her second Tony nomination as Babe Williams. Third Tony nomination came then not long afterwards with South Pacific at the Lincoln Centre Theatre and I remember this being on at the Lincoln Centre Theatre during one of my trips to New York and I couldn't get a ticket and I was gutted really but now in hindsight I'm even more gutted because I've uh, learned to absolutely love the work of Kelly O'Hara but for South Pacific she won her third Tony nomination but hasn't won any of them yet. Um, 
That does change, but not just yet. In 2010, she was in Bells Are Ringing. 2011, She Loves Me. And her fourth Tony nomination came with the Broadway production of Nice Work, If You Can Get It, in 2012. And this show features songs from George and Ira Gershwin and is actually based on material by Guy Bolton and P.G. Woodhouse. And if you've been listening carefully, you'll have heard their names already in this episode when I was talking about OK. Fourth Tony nomination, no win. 2013, Kelly O'Hara was in a staged concert of Carousel as Julie Jordan. And this is a really beautiful production. Uh, sadly, there isn't a recording available of this. Her fifth Tony nomination came in 2014 with The Bridges of Madison County. And she stars as Francesca. And the score for this is absolutely gorgeous. I saw a production a couple of years ago, actually, at the Menier Chocolate Factory in London with the fantastic Jenna Russell in the role of Francesca. And then, finally, in 2015, Kelly O'Hara won her first Tony Award for the revival of The King and I at the Lincoln Centre. And so well deserved and a long time coming absolutely thrilled that she won this award and she actually brought the show to London in the West End in 2018 and it was filmed during that West End run and I've watched this a number of times I didn't get to see her actually perform it live in fact I've never seen Kelly O'Hara perform live and that's one of the uh, hopes that I have for the future that I will get to see her on stage just as, as an aside, uh, the role of Anna Leon Owens that Kelly O'Hara played in The King and I has been performed by the most incredible number of people and many of them winning awards. The original Anna Leon Owens was Gertrude Lawrence, of course. Again, we talked about her in OK earlier. And she won the Tony in 1951 for the original Broadway production. Uh, Angela Lansbury in 1977 took on the role just for a month whilst Constance Towers was on a holiday break and Angela was nominated for her performance for a Drama Desk Award. Uh, we also had the film with Deborah Carr, voiced by Marnie Nixon in 1956. But people like Barbara Cook have performed this role in 1960, Julie Andrews in the studio cast recording in 1992, and the fabulous Donna Murphy, of course, who won her second Tony Award for her performance as Anna in 1996. Who else has played this role? You're not going to believe all these names. Hayley Mills, Faith Prince, Eileen Brennan, Sandy Duncan, Valerie Hobson, Sally Ann Howes, Marie Osmond, Elaine Page, Marin Mazzi, Josie Lawrence, Laura Michelle Kelly, who I saw, and I talk about her during the episode K. Oh, King and I, Kelly O'Hara, so deserved that award and uh, has gone on to 
perform in the 2017 Encores production of Brigadoon. And I do not apologise for the fact that I go on about how gorgeous this uh, recording is. It's absolutely beautiful and it's one of the most played uh, albums that I have at the moment. And Kelly goes on in 2019. She was in a revival of Kiss Me Kate. I'm sure there's going to be more wonderful things for her uh, in the future. And certainly she deserves this very special mention in the letter O. Kelly O'Hara, everyone. It's definitely time to talk about the landmark musical Oklahoma, considered to be the single most influential work in the American musical theatre. And uh, this show still is just uh, an absolute joy to watch and to listen to. It started off titled Away We Go and was composed music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein II. Uh, initially, Richard Rogers approached his then partner, Lorenz Hart, but Hart dismissed the idea altogether. And Oscar Hammerstein II, by this point in his career, was much older and was considered to be almost a has-been, really, as far as new musicals were concerned. And the out-of-town tryouts didn't bring in the best uh, reviews. In fact, Mike Todd, the producer at the time, sent a telegram to New York that said, no gags, no gals, no chance. So it was a wonderful joy when the show got rave reviews and actually ran on Broadway for 2,212 performances. Just incredible. The stage show was directed by Ruben Mamoulian and choreography by Agnes de Mille, who didn't have a great track record on Broadway herself at this point, but that was to change. The show was a hit. It was the first show to have its own original cast recording in the way that we know now, and it was considered to be the first fully integrated musical play where the blending between the characters, the stories, the songs, the dance, everything worked together in telling the story. And the show continues to be revived and uh, people love it. The 1955 film, 20th Century Fox stars Shirley Jones as Laurie, and I talk about Shirley Jones in more detail in the Letter J podcast. Also, we have Gordon McRae, Gloria Graham as Ada Annie with that lovely performance, and Jean Nelson as Will Parker. And in 1998, in the UK, Trevor Nunn produced the National Theatre production, which starred Hugh Jackman. And again, I talk about him in the Letter J podcast. But for me, the best part of this was the wonderful Josefina Gabrielle. She really is an absolute gem. And uh, she not only performed and sang as Laurie, but she also danced the role of Dream Laurie, which was the first time that that had happened. And Josefina Gabrielle transferred the show to Broadway in 2002. Oklahoma, an absolute classic. 
my next musical is Once on This Island. And this was written and composed by the absolutely brilliant collaborative partnership of Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens. Stephen Flaherty is the composer, Lynn Ahrens writes the lyrics and the book. And for this particular musical, Once on This Island, it was a one-act musical which was really well received off-Broadway in 1990. It's based on a novel called My Love, My Love by Rosa Guy and it tells the story of um, T. Moon and her love for Daniel. And actually, it's an absolutely beautiful and heartaching story of true love. T. Moon dies and, and becomes a tree that watches over Daniel and his, his future family. And uh, in this cast, we had Les Chans and Jerry Dixon. And the show opened on Broadway. After its off-Broadway period, it, it transferred and ran for 469 performances and had eight Tony nominations, including two for Graciela Danielle, one for Best Direction and one for Best choreography. The show has some gorgeous songs in it including Forever Yours and Mama Will Provide and I believe that there is um, a new adaptation in development by Disney Plus so we've got that to look forward to but we have got the gorgeous um, original soundtrack recording plus the Broadway revival from 2017 which starred Hayley Kilgore as T-Moon and also had the magnificent Leia Salonga. This 2017 production won the Tony Award for Best Revival that year. Now, Once on This Island is just one of the incredible collaborations between Aaron's and Flaherty. Uh, and I just thought I'd mention a few of the others. The 1992 show, My Favourite Year. This was their first specifically for Broadway project. Uh, unfortunately, it didn't run, but it has some great songs in this score. Their biggest piece of work, I suppose, was the epic Ragtime, which opened on Broadway in 1998. This is an ingenious score. Wow, it tells the story of three families. I suppose it follows them at the turn of the 20th century. The show had a book by Terence McNally and it had an amazing cast in this original production. Brian Stokes Mitchell and Audra MacDonald who went on to win Best Featured Actress Tony Award for her performance. Marin Mazzi, Judy Kay, just incredible and Ragtime was a critical and a popular hit. It ran for 861 performances and actually had 13 Tony nominations winning four of them. Aaron's and Flaherty have also brought us Susical in 2000, A Man of No Importance 2002, Dessa Rose, 2005, The Glorious Ones, and they wrote the score for the animated film uh, Anastasia, 
which was a 20th Century Fox film released in 1997. And actually, this show had the voice talent of Meg Ryan as Anastasia, but the gorgeous singing voice of Liz Calloway, along with Angela Lansbury and Bernadette Peters voicing characters as well. And Stephen Flaherty and Lynn Ahrens actually went on to write an additional 16 new songs for the Broadway production of Anastasia, which opened in 2017. I want to talk about the musical movie legend Donald O'Connor and this young, sprightly, energetic, nimble dancer danced his way through vaudeville as a young child into the movies. And in fact, his first movie musical debut was at age 11 when he um, did a speciality act with his brothers in the 1937 film Melody for Two. And... Because of this, he was signed by Paramount Studios. And one of his musical films, his early musical films, begins with the letter O. How great is that? On your toes. Now, this was based on the stage show from 1936 with music by Richard Rogers and lyrics by Lorenz Hart. And on stage, it actually starred... Ray Bolger, who hadn't yet made the film of The Wizard of Oz. The film adaptation came just a few years later in 1939 with Eddie Albert in the main role and little Donald O'Connor played a young Eddie Albert's character of Phil Jr. The show of uh, On Your Toes, of course, includes the famous ballet sequence Slaughter on 10th Avenue and for the original stage production it was choreographed by George Balanchine and it has been used many times in other shows but actually in the 1948 film Words and Music it was danced famously by Gene Kelly and the wonderful Vera Ellen this time choreographed actually by Gene Kelly. Uh, Donald O'Connor went on to make a whole series of comedy films starring Francis the Talking Mule. And in fact, one of the things I've discovered during my research was that um, Donald O'Connor was meant to be in the 1954 musical film of White Christmas with Bing Crosby as his partner, but he wasn't able to because he contracted an illness that had been transmitted by the mule. So, uh, sadly, we didn't see Donald O'Connor in White Christmas, but we did have that fantastic performance, of course, by Danny Kaye. But it was 1952 in the MGM musical Singing in the Rain that Donald O'Connor really shone out and uh, people noticed him as the great talent that he was. In fact, my mum used to love the scene in Singing in the Rain where Donald O'Connor sings Make Him Laugh and he literally dances up the wall 
And I remember sitting with my mum as a young boy watching this film and my mum telling me that she'd been to see this film at the cinema over and over just for the scene with Donald O'Connor dancing up the wall. And for his role in Singing in the Rain, Donald O'Connor was awarded the Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Actor in a Musical or Comedy. And he then went on to star in several more famous musicals in 1953, the 20th Century Fox film adaptation of Call Me Madam, where he supported the wonderful Ethel Merman. And in fact, he worked with her again in 1954 in Irving Berlin's There's No Business Like Show Business, where Donald O'Connor actually plays the love interest of Marilyn Monroe. And uh, in 1956, he starred in the second film adaptation of Anything Goes. Now, there had been, of course, the stage show first in 1934. And uh, interestingly, the book, the original book for Anything Goes, was written by Guy Bolton and P.G. Woodhouse, who have had a number of mentions in this episode. Uh, unfortunately, in real life, there was a disaster, a ship sank um, that year, and it was decided that they needed to really change the story of Anything Goes, because it originally involved some kind of disaster. And so uh, a new revised book was written by Howard Lindsay and Russell Cruz, who of course we know from The Sound of Music. The first film adaptation of Anything Goes was 1936 with Ethel Merman and Bing Crosby and 20 years later in 1956 Bing Crosby starred again this time with Donald O'Connor and Mitzi Gaynor but neither of those films are particularly good adaptations and a lot of the wonderful Cole Porter music was missing from those films. But just this week, as I've been recording this podcast, I've had very exciting news that Anything Goes, the production that's going to open in the summer this year of 2021 in the West End, will now have uh, the wonderful Sutton Foster in her West End debut. And I do talk about Sutton Foster back in my Letter F podcast if you're interested. So Donald O'Connor made lots of TV shows. In fact, he had his, his own TV show, The Donald O'Connor Show. And of course, he guest starred on other people such as Judy Garland's. And he was in the 1985 Alice in Wonderland TV special, along with The World and His Wife, really. And on Broadway, he starred in the short-lived uh, show Bring Back Birdie in 1981. And the 1983 revival of Showboat as Captain Andy, along with other touring productions over the years, including Promises, Promises. Donald O'Connor was an absolute mega talent, and I'm so pleased to include him in my Letter O. Another Letter O musical that was a huge hit off-Broadway before it transferred to Broadway was the 1959 Once Upon a Mattress. And this was based on the fairy tale of The Princess and the Pea. 
and this show made an absolute star out of comedian Carol Burnett. She played the gawky, funny Princess Winifred and this show had music by Mary Rogers, who we've talked about already in this episode, and lyrics by Marshall Bearer. The show was directed by George Abbott and choreographed by Joe Layton. He started out as a Broadway dancer in shows such as Oklahoma, High Button Shoes, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes and Wonderful Town. And he actually went on to choreograph not only Once Upon a Mattress in 1959, but also the original stage production of The Sound of Music. Starring with uh, Carol Burnett in this original production was Jack Guilford, who we've already talked about today uh, because he starred in the original production of OK. Carol Burnett became a huge star and is known for her comedic roles, including the 1982 villainous Miss Hannigan in the film adaptation of Annie and uh, on Broadway in shows such as Moon Over Buffalo and Putting It Together. She actually starred in all three TV productions of Once Upon a Mattress in 1964 uh, for CBS television and again in 1972 a CBS remake both times as Princess Winifred and then in the 2005 TV version Tracy Ullman played the part of Winifred and Carol Burnett starred as the uh, Queen. One of the things that's funny about the uh, Once Upon a Mattress show is that it actually moved theatres during its original run so many times that people started to say that it was touring New York. Once Upon a Mattress. Now, a musical that I have never seen but really want to is the riotous musical farce on the 20th century. This energetic, witty comedy with music by the incredible Cy Coleman with book and lyrics by Betty Comden and Adolph Green. What a team to be working together and... Um, Critics have said that this piece stands among the very best work of Betty Comden and Adolf Green. And actually, the three of them, Cy Coleman as well, they worked together again on the Will Rogers Follies. And they had Hal Prince as the director. And the show opened on the 19th of February, 1978. And it ran for almost 450 performances. Uh, many people consider this show to be the last good traditional Broadway musical. All the action takes place on a train that's bound from Chicago to New York and it tells of the egotistical producer Oscar Jaffe who is desperate to get the Hollywood actress Lily Garland to star in his next uh, film. And John Cullum starred as Oscar Jaffe and actually won a Tony Award for this performance. And I've mentioned him already today when I've been talking about On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. The cast also had 
the hysterically funny Madeleine Kahn as actress Lily Garland. And in fact, the character has another name. She's called Mildred Plotka before she becomes a famous actress, a great name. Unfortunately, uh, Madeleine Kahn found the energetic performances too much, really, eight shows a week, and she actually left the show shortly after its opening. Um, but fortunately, her understudy, Judy Kay, the wonderful performer, she took over and was a huge success in the role of this wacky, um, unconventional character. And in fact, Judy Kay has gone on to star in quite a number of long-running shows on Broadway. She played Carlotta in the original cast of Phantom of the Opera in 1988. She was in the original Broadway cast of Ragtime in 1997 and Mamma Mia in 2001. And she worked with Kelly O'Hara, who we've talked about already today, in the show Nice Work If You Can Get It in 2012. On the 20th Century was nominated for nine Tony Awards and won five of them for Best Book of a Musical for Betty Comden and Adolph Green, for Best Original Score, which went, of course, to Cy Coleman. And he's gone on to bring us other wonderful shows, including Sweet Charity with Dorothy Fields and City of Angels. Uh, Best uh, Leading Actor Award went to John Cullum and Best Featured Actor went to Kevin Klein. And we know that Kevin Klein also won two more Tony Awards in 1981 for his performance in the revival of Pirates of Penzance and more recently in 2017 for his performance in Noel Coward's play Present Laughter and Kevin Klein, of course, starred as Cole Porter in the 2004 musical film De Lovely. On the 20th century made its way to London in the West End in 1980 with Keith Michel and Mark Winter and the fabulous Julia McKenzie as Lily. And I do talk about Julia McKenzie during my Letter M podcast. The show was nominated for an Olivier Award for Best Musical and ran for 165 performances. And there have been uh, Broadway revivals, including... Marin Mazzi in 2005 playing Lily and more recently in 2011 there was a reading by the Roundabout Theatre with Hugh Jackman and Kristen Chenoweth and that made its way to Broadway in 2015 with Kristen Chenoweth still in the role but Peter Gallagher replacing Jackman and Andy Carl. This production won, uh, sorry, received five Tony nominations. So there you go, On the 20th Century, a show that I really want to see. I'm very pleased to include Jerry Orbach in my letter O as a musical theatre icon. He started out as an understudy in the legendary off-Broadway production of the Threepney Opera, and in 1957, he took over the role of Mac Heath. And he went on to be star of film, TV and stage. 
He was in the original off-Broadway cast of The Fantastics in 1960 and made his Broadway debut in 1961 in a musical called Carnival. He has originated some iconic roles, including Chuck Baxter in the Burt Bacharach musical Promises, Promises in 1968, and Billy Flynn, of course, in the 1975 original cast of Chicago. And in 1980, he starred as the Broadway producer Julian Marsh in the iconic 42nd Street he starred in a number of revivals, including Guys and Dolls and Carousel and Anything Goes. And in 1991, he provided the voice for the candlestick Lumiere in the Disney animated classic Beauty and the Beast. Sadly, Jerry Orbach died in 2004, but in 2007, as a fitting tribute, an off-Broadway theatre was named after him, Jerry Orbach. Oh, <laughs> there are so many letter O's. Oh, sorry, I just felt the need to do that. Um, there's a lot of O's that we haven't talked about. We've reached the point in my podcast where I think about who we missed. Well, we haven't talked about the 1931 George and Ira Gershwin political lampoon musical, really, of the I Sing, which opened on Broadway and ran for 441 performances. And interestingly, this was the first musical to win the Pulitzer Prize for drama. We haven't talked about Over My Shoulder, O Calcutta, On Your Feet, One Touch of Venus, An Officer and a Gentleman. There are so many. Uh, we haven't talked about once because I don't like it and I didn't want to. We haven't talked about the wonderful Leslie Odom Jr., Tony Award winner, who originated the role of Aaron Burr in Hamilton, or Donny Osmond, Paige O'Hara, Caroline O'Connor, and the iconic Richard O'Brien, creator of The Rocky Horror Show. But don't worry, so many of those uh, people in shows will be touched upon later in the alphabet. I just want to mention, finally, the wonderful musical Ordinary Days by Adam Guan. This opened in 2009, and in the original cast were Hunter Foster and Jared Gertner. And Jared Gertner toured the UK a couple of years ago in uh, Book of Mormon as Arnold Cunningham, and he was absolutely brilliant in that. Ordinary Days follows four characters who are kind of exploring how their lives are connected. And I saw a wonderful production of this in February of 2011 at the Trafalgar Studios in London. And this starred Julie Atherton, Daniel Boys, Alexia Kadeem and Lee William Davis. And it really was a fantastic show. So there you go. Everything letter O. I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have, please leave uh, a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. And until next time, have a Doris Day.